What up, what up, what up? We tuned in to the Jose Morales podcast where we talk sports, business, and everything in between. I'm your host, Jose Morales, and we're at my boxing academy. Joining me in the ring today is Mammoth. What's up? What's Mammoth. going on, man? What's up, brother? So uh, we actually, first time meeting, yeah. and uh, we have so many mutual friends, so many connections, and then we actually finally met. Yep. We've been uh, friends on IG and talking for a minute, and we actually finally made the connection. And um, I'm excited to have you on, bro. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. Hey, of course, man. Thank you for sharing your platform with me, bro. No. This, is, uh, this means a lot. No problem, <laughs> brother. I wanted to ask you, this actually was on my mind. What exactly does Mammoth mean or where did that come from, your your nickname? Um, it, I'll give you the short version. Uh, <laughs> yeah, give me so the short version. It basically stems from an old logo I had, and I changed the name, but I wanted to keep the logo, and it had an M in there. Mm -hmm. And so I was brainstorming one day. I came up with the name Obscene Mammoth. And so the meaning of it was I wanted to think of something that was um, offensive yet at the same time extremely large and influential was where the was where mammoth comes from and to me that represents um you know like just like the hip-hop community and that's like my biggest influence because hip-hop everything from graffiti to rapping it all started from usually something that was either deemed kind of a nuisance yeah. somewhat illegal you know what I mean? But at the same time, it's one of the biggest influences in the world. You Hell know what yeah, I mean? So, uh, so that's back, where the... Back in the day, you were a little Mr. Pop, Lock, and Drop, yeah. it, bro. <laughs> uh, you, you had the moves. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> that's yep. crazy. So, yeah. So, then so I, that's where the name came from. Yeah. And I dropped the obscene just because it was it was too long. And then people had a hard time understanding when I was saying it. And so and then and then I just people just started calling me Mammoth. So I was like, well, that's what people call me anyway. So I might as well just, you know, so I'll just drop the obscene and I'll just go by Mammoth. That's cool. All right. Um, shout out to Brian, too, by the way. Brian, you were just on this podcast yep. recently with, yep. uh, on the TK Last podcast. The Man. homie Brian, he's actually a good friend of mine also. Right. And um, and I listened to the podcast, and you had a lot of great stuff to, that you said. And I'm excited to bring that on to here. Um, also, uh, what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about really everything going on, in the, uh, all the negative stuff going on in 2020, yeah. really, from uh, – from the coronavirus to the Black Lives Matter to just everything. And at the end, we're both going to share kind of what we think could be a solution or what we we can do to better this yeah. whole thing. And we're going to talk about that at the end, but we're going to start off kind of with what about this topic draws your interest so much? Why is this so important to Mammoth? Why do you want to do this? Um, Honestly, I can't help it. Um, dude, I, I tried. I literally tried. I try to ignore stuff like this. I try to ignore negativity because it um it just it weighs so heavily on me and mm -hmm. I don't know why necessarily. It's cuz I always I always tend to care about other people more than myself. Yeah. And so um and then it's tough because you know and I think something that um some people tend to not really understand i think a lot of times especially um when it comes to when it comes to uh like you know just just black people in general is when we see certain images like what we see on tv or when we're the when we're the main topic of the news that stuff affects us personally and it's not a my buddy said something to me and he said you know i think you should i think you should stay away from politics you know on your on your you know on your page you know because because uh, like my art and stuff he's like you know i would hate to see that get in the way of you know what you're trying to build and and this is somebody that I tr dude I, I trust this dude with everything and I always go to him for advice and the only thing was that I felt that he was missing in that was the fact that 
this isn't politics that we're talking about. This is literally my life. You know yeah. what I mean? And um, and I think this, um, everything that happened with George Floyd finally just really resonated with me because uh, I actually got caught with a counterfeit twenty one time when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And um, and I seen people making the comments of you know, well maybe if he didn't have you know counterfeit money or whatever, you know, and you, I was re- thinking, you could relate to it very exactly. Much. And the thing was, I got the counterfeit twenty from an ATM machine from Safe Credit Union. What? So I didn't even know I had it. You know what I'm saying? So it was one of those things where people were, you know, coming up with these reasons of why maybe he wouldn't have been in this situation if. But the thing is, none of us truly know why he was in that situation. We know what led up to it. And then yeah. next, you know, ultimately somebody has lost their life. And I, I had said something kind of joking, but I was like, you should never lose your life over a fake 20 unless unless um you get caught trying to give it to the mob. That's really the only time I could see that it would be reasonable for you to, <laughs> yeah. you know, for you to actually like lose, lose your, your life, life or something like that. But, uh, yeah, dude, I, I just I really couldn't ignore it. And that yeah. was kind of the big thing with me. I tried. Um, I didn't want to have anything to do with it. I definitely didn't want to speak about it. And it wasn't because I don't care. It's because I think I care like too much. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I could relate to you. I actually hold myself back from speaking on a lot of politics stuff yeah. a lot. And, but there's certain things like that. You said you could relate to it so much, it's hard to not say something. Exactly. It's like, come on, bro. That was me. Like, I could have got killed because I had a fake 20. You know yep. what I mean? So I feel you. Um, by the way, I want to start this off. Before we get into further into this episode, I have to say this. We are going to talk about all this shit that's going on right now. And in in it's us versus the problem. And then us meaning everyone. And there is a problem. So if you listen to this episode and you're going to and you feel like it's we're trying to convince you or it's us versus you, this is this episode is Definitely not for you. Not. This is us versus a problem yeah. and us including you. Yeah. And we're uh, and we're going to uh, and I'm going to point out all the things from different as different point of views of how certain people feel and how these people feel and we're going to come at the end to what we feel we can do to better exactly everything. So yeah, like I said, if it's us versus the problem, if you feel like that's not you then you're trying to start an argument you're not trying to look for a solution i would say listen to the whole thing before making a judgment you know what i mean because i know what you what you see on social media is there is a lot of division um there's a lot of misunderstanding honestly that's what it is um it's just a ton of misunderstanding on both sides of the situation um and so i would i would say whatever you if you, if you heard the first part of this and you're like, oh, here we go. Yeah. I strongly suggest listening to the whole thing. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Because we're, we're going to go into deep. And I'm also going to share um, a lot of of my side that I can relate to this. Kind of like how you shared how you relate to it. Yeah. I'm going to go into how I can relate to it from my side. Because I've also had a lot of encounters with police officers. I also had a lot of, I've also done protesting before where we protest and things like that. So I'm going to share that side uh, and we're going to just jump into one thing after another. And um, so what, what was your feelings bef- just before you looked into the whole video of George Floyd, what did you feel just watching it for the first, before looking into the history of what happened and all that before finding about the $20 bill, just watching the video, what were your thoughts? Um, Dude, honestly, I think I think after watching, like, no lie, bro. I think I like, I think I just, I kind of like, I just cried. I mean, I, I've I've never, 
I've seen videos, you know what I mean? Cops killing people, you know, whether it's traffic stop and all that mm -hmm. stuff. I mean, there's a ton of videos out there. And and with just when you think that you are kind of like you've seen it all, yeah. then I watched that, bro. And that that, that messed me up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, like, it's sad to say the uh, a lot of the other videos where you've seen cops actually killing someone, gunning someone down, um, I've watched those. And I was still able to kind of carry on with my day to day. Like as messed up as that sounds, yeah. I was just like, oh, another one. You know what I mean? And and again, I try not to get too caught up in that just because I'm like, all right, that's I mean, it is what it is. I'm all about action. Like, you know, is there anything I can do now? But when I watched that video, bro, it it lasted too long. And what yeah. was really bothering me, I, I found myself getting frustrated because and this is I'll tell you, this is the reason I don't I haven't gone to any protest. I'm not somebody that can watch somebody sit there and be mistreated in any sort of way. And I'm going to forget that you're wearing a badge, hands down. Like, so when those cops were sitting there and they, and they had the dude in the background yelling and, you know, and everything like that, that little, the first little cop that was standing there, the Asian dude, he wouldn't have been able to stop me from going and rushing that dude and getting him off his neck. Yeah. It's, it's, you know what I mean? So it's like, so I would have been a hashtag more than likely because we just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because we live in a- Oh, uh, he was crying out for help for a lot. Like he couldn't say, dude, I can't breathe more than once. I wouldn't because I'm when I'm watching the video, it's like I, I was, I knew what the outcome was, but I'm sitting there watching it like trying to like wanting to go help you know what yeah. i'm saying i'm like can somebody get this dude can somebody get him and it's like and no one's doing Even anything the people recording yeah i'm like dude why are you just standing there like there's you know what i'm saying go like go after that guy like i don't go after him just get the become a distraction get the cop off of him so now guess what now they have to do with two of you instead of just one mm -hmm. you know if anything i would have went over there i would have rushed them at least got them off of them and then i'm like we both going to jail like you know yeah. what i mean something like but I'm that's like, just you fighting for a human exactly you know what i mean it's, it's beyond color it's beyond yes. black white it don't matter it's dude a fucking human can't breathe yep and you're ignoring that they can't breathe yeah and um damn yeah i actually i'm like you like you said i try to stay away from watching all this and that and i don't even watch the news i try to stay away from that right and the way the reason how i watched the video because i saw it pop up on my social media i ignored it because i didn't want to watch it mm -hmm. my wife was on the phone and she was crying and i was like what's wrong with you you know i'm like the fuck your wife's crying on the phone <laughs> and then she shows me that she watched that video she's like look and and that made me watch it now like the fuck why is it that bad like it was making my wife cry i watched yeah. it and it's it's hard not to get emotional, bro. It's very hard. If you if you're a human, really like you're just a human and you just care about um, and you actually have a heart and feelings, it's impossible to not watch that and get emotional. Yeah. Real talk. Yep. Unless you're just a fucking cold blooded, and you and you really have some hate in your heart, is the only way I can say you can watch that without getting emotional. Yeah. Because that's real. Um, and I like how you said that's why I don't go to protests. Yeah. Because I. Dude. I let me share my story. So I don't know if you know, in 2006, I don't know if you're familiar with this. In 2006, there was a law that they tried to pass. It was uh, HR 4437, which was a immigration law that it meant anybody that came illegally to the U.S. or if, if I'm illegal and I'm staying with you at your house and you know I'm there illegally, we are all felons. If we get caught, we are all going to prison. Like It was like a very strict uh, immigration law. And also... It was going to deport any any Mex any not just Mex any illegal immigrant in the U.S. So, 
it was very it hit it hit home for the Latin community big. Yeah. So what they try to do it was May first, two thousand six. They were gonna get uh, it was they were gonna do like a day without Mexicans, pretty much, right? And uh, and that day I was actually in school. I went to school. I we all walked out of school, walked, uh, jumped on the light rail, went to downtown. We were all protesting. We were all down by the Capitol, similar to like now. It was so big that that is called is known as la gran marcha which is like the the greatest march that's what it's known for and um we went down there when i was down there there was people in the corner uh like uh like some nazis i guess i call them like some white fucking like supremacist yeah. motherfuckers it shows everything yeah they were there <laughs> they were there bro they were sitting there pushing everyone's buttons bro pushing everyone's button trying to get everybody to act out trying to get somebody man it took so much they're talking all this shit. It took so much to get there. A couple of my homies actually got into it, got arrested, got and and I just had to jump on the light and head back home. I was I was just thinking to myself like, "Bro, that's what they want us to do." Yeah. They want us to act out. They want us to do this so they can put us in jail and they could do that and they could do this. So from there on out, I I fuck stopped going to protest, bro, cuz I already knew if my buttons were going to get pushed. And this and that was gonna get going. Yeah, I've I've always had an issue with authority, and not and it's not that I don't necessarily respect it. It's just that you you have to earn my respect. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. you can't you can't just be in a position of power or authority, and I'm automatically just gonna show you respect because of because of where you're at. You know what I'm saying? Like that, like the whole positional. You know what I'm saying? Authority type. I don't. I've never been a. I've never been a fan of that. It's mm -hmm. one of those things where it's like, yo, you show me respect, I'll show you respect. You leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. And so that's why I say like, I, I've been in, I've been, I've gotten into an argument with every manager I've ever had <laughs> at every job because- they're rude the way they uh, say things to you. Yeah, you know, it's like, I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna test you. You know what I mean? Like if you, if, especially if you're gonna tell me to do something, if you're gonna, if you're gonna tell me to do something that doesn't make sense, I'm gonna, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm gonna test you on it. You know, like I think, I think Brian was probably one of the only managers I never got into an argument with, honestly. Yeah. But it's because he wasn't just a positional leader. You know what I mean? He was like, he, he was somebody I considered a real leader, you know, a huge influence. So going out there and stuff and seeing, you know, like that's why I said cops or whatever. And then I, I started seeing, how they were treating some of the protesters and i just i mean dude it's like you know i'm i started thinking like what if that was my brother you know what yeah. i mean what if that was like what if that was a family member of mine and then you know then i start thinking like that it is somebody's kid that is somebody's husband or you know and so it's just one of those things where i just i'm like i can't see myself standing there watching this happen and it's not even it's because I wouldn't think it's just it's natural for me to automatically go and like, you know, and just jump in. You know, what I mean, when I see a wrong being done to someone else, mm -hmm. you know, um, but I think another big issue was um, is that so even before the George Floyd incident, you know, we see the protesting and stuff. Now, this has been a part of my life. Like I literally in my spare time, I'm extremely interested in understanding the struggle of, you know, I mean, well, with basically the black community, obviously, because that's what directly affects me, you know, and I am a product of, you know, I'm a product of that environment, you know, I didn't grow up, you know, I didn't grow up with a ton of opportunity and everything. So I've always, it's kind of been instilled in me to, you know, like strive after something more. I've seen a lot of things, been around a bunch of people who've always had, um, you know, who's who've always had like abundance, but I didn't grow up that way. And so I, I decided I really want to understand, you know, like where I come from 
And so because of that, it's caused me to it's caused me to look into my history. You know, what I mean, like directly with my family. You know, I want to find out I, I want to find out what plantation we came from. I want to find out if we even came from a plantation like, you know, and because I started digging and um, my dad and my uncle, man, on their side of the family, they take a lot of pride in where they come from. And dude, we got a ton of accomplishment. And, you know, with, within my last name. And so I took pride in that. And then I also started looking into, you know, some of the greats and activists that came before us. And, you know, what did they do to try to, to change their era? And so what I ultimately came to was is here in 2020, we really don't need to. You know, like, I can understand protesting maybe, you know, the first couple of days, letting your voice be heard. But it's going on like, you know, a few weeks now. And people are still out there marching, holding up the same signs, everything. And I'm like, if you really think that that's going to make the change that needs to be made right now, you are highly mistaken. And I know some people might have a problem with me saying that, but you know what I mean? But at the same time, it's because I've studied, I've looked into the ones that came before us. Everyone's trying to, everyone's trying to act like we're still in the 1960s. You know what I mean? Like where we're getting where we're, where the police officers are turning the hose on us and dogs and we can only walk on one side of the street. It's not like that no more. But we're fighting. We're fighting a evolved fight. But we haven't evolved in our tactics. Mm-hmm. And that's where I see the problem. And so that's one of the main reasons why I'm like, I'm going to go out here, defend somebody. We both gonna end up in handcuffs or dead or whatever. But it's going to be for nothing. Yep. You know what I mean? Um. You look back, uh, I just had this conversation with my pops, and um, I was talking about if you look at the protests back, you know, during the civil rights and everything, right, those people were fighting with police. If they seen one of their own get manhandled, they were coming over and they were fighting with them. You ask yourself why it's because they had no other choice. They had they literally were at the end of their resources and they had to fight. They were out there in, you know, button ups and dress shoes and whatever else. You look at the protest today and everyone goes home and they find their best revolutionary outfit. You know what I mean? They throw on their Malcolm X T-shirt, their camo and come up with some clever sign that's going to get a ton of Instagram posts. And to be honest, a lot of it kind of upsets me to see it because it makes me question people's reasoning for why they're out. They're doing it. You know what I mean? I'm like, because the thing is, we there is an issue in the black community. There is a there is a there is a huge issue in the black community and it's important to me to see it change. So it bothers me when I see people out there wasting time and not doing the work. You know what I mean? Because do we we have access to we have access to books. We have access to, you know, knowledge. Um, We have like we have access to people who do have resources now. We just have to know where to get it. Um, You know, we have more money now than we did before. It's. It's there's so many things. And if you that's why I say if you look at um if you look at, you know, documentaries, um, look, look at movies, uh, watch movies uh, that have to do with, you know, blacks that have changed the game. Um, most recent one I watched was called The Banker. I highly recommend anybody watch The Banker because the ones that came before us that actually did it right. They didn't they weren't going around arguing with nobody. They weren't going around complaining, saying we want this. We want that. You know what they did? They, they got in the game and they changed it from the inside. And they did it in some ways that was like that was kind of smart in a way because they recognized they're like, you know what? I know I can't necessarily do it with my face. So in that movie, they hired a white boy to basically go ahead and, and do all the talking for him. Oh, shit. You know what I mean? It's like so I, that's what I pay attention to. It's like um, I want to give this example. Um, but uh, 
my family, the men in my family used to play dominoes. We had a trophy that was circul- like circulate through the family. So they always play dominoes. I used to get mad because they would never let me play. And no one was showing me how to play. You know what I mean? And it's like, and I always wanted to learn. Like, I really wanted to learn. It's like, they, and they sit there and play every, every family get together. And I'd be upset because I wanted to be included. The the game like the game of dominoes was is pretty much invite only. You know what I mean? Someone had to bring you in and everything. That's the way it worked. If I made a big enough fuss, you know, let's say I let's say I I had at least a little bit of power to if I cried loud enough they'd listen. Well, yeah. if I sit there and I cried and yelled and was like, you know what? If you guys won't let me play, then nobody should play. And you know, and I and I went ahead and campaigned to all the other adults in the family. It was like they won't let me play, so we should just shut it down. I'm tired of seeing this at the family get-togethers. Well, let's say it worked. Let's say they're like, all right, you know, no more dominoes. That doesn't solve my problem, because my problem wasn't the game of dominoes. My problem was that I wasn't included. I wanted to play the game. So what I see is we're trying to get all this stuff taken down and shut down for the most part. But it's like, no, no, no. I don't want, listen. Keep what you have. I don't want none of it. I want to be a part of the game. I want to get involved. So what I want is I want to learn to play the game. Now, what that does is as soon as I make my way in, so now my strategy is how do I get at that table? Once I get at that table, now what I do is I remember what was done to me. And since this game is invite only, I make sure to start bringing up the people who were who were where I was at. I'm like, you know what? I know what it feels like to not be a part of this. And now instead, since it is invite only, I'm in the game now. I'm going to go and show you how to play. I'm going to prepare you for the game. And then I'm going to invite you myself. I'm going to invite the ones that look like me or the ones that struggled like I did. Yeah, That's what I would like to see, especially happening now. And that's kind of what my mission has been, you know, I mean, even with my own, with my small little platform I have. So that's a good mission. I like that (laughs) shit. Uh, How do you feel about... I looked into it. There's a lot like the the. I mean, obviously with the protests or breaking into shit, stealing shit, uh, things like that, that actually caused some tension between actually Latin. A lot of like yeah, Latin. A lot of Mexicans I've seen were actually like. Not I'm not gonna say all of them, but some were like, "Yo, what the fuck? What's up with this protest? You guys are over here breaking into our businesses and shit like that." Yeah, um, which. I feel in a way is like causing even more segregation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about all that? Man, our, our communities have always been like, <laughs> it's, either we, it's either we like love the hell out of each other or we can't stand each other. It's, yeah. <laughs> you know what true. I mean? Which is, which is crazy because dude, most of my friends, and that's why I say I'm like, we had a cross path because growing up, especially in high school, mm. most, I kicked it with mostly Hispanics. Yeah. So, uh, you know what I mean? Like, that's the reason why I like, I like, that's, those were like my best friends. I'd always. Same with me. I had, a, I had a lot of, a lot of black friends. I mean. <laughs> well, I, maybe we missed each other because yeah. you was on, <laughs> you yeah, were on. Like, opposite yeah. side but i had a lot of black <laughs> friends actually some of my closest friends are black and um you know what's funny man my family actually gives me a hard time and says i talk like a black person <laughs> my family tells me that when i talk to them they're like man you speak like you talk like you're black and uh but but it's true though right now i saw a lot of videos like in chicago things like that they're beefing you yeah there there's a lot of black and brown tension um, yeah, I honestly I, in L.A. though I seen a lot that were cool. Like you know, it was confusing. You know what? What's weird though too? I think because oh, so you take a place like L.A. If you take any any area that's um 
where like the gang activity is extremely heavy mm. those those areas you know you take like la i've seen it in i've seen it in new york on um, quite a bit I, I i like to not to disrespect anybody else um or any other city because i don't you know i'm like i don't want someone to see this and be like man what he thinks we're fake but you know you catch places like la or some of these big cities where like the gang activity is like or it's like deeply rooted you still they still kind of have some of those same like morals like you know what i'm saying there's still some of that same code that's left and i found that it seems to be a lot easier for them to kind of come to be able to say hey look you know what we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and stop this you know you take la i mean you know they got they had cats like you know nipsey before he passed away so they got a lot of like big homies who are influential who like if they say stop then it's it's done mm-hmm. you know what i mean so but then you take smaller sections you know like even here in sacramento or different areas where it's like we don't really have any like really like big leaders on that type of platform you know mm-hmm. what i mean and i and i know like there's some dudes out here who we would con- who would consider themselves or some would consider them to be like the big homies but to be able to step up and just pretty much call like a ceasefire between whole communities and and sets you don't see that in a mm-hmm. lot of areas only in those larger ones and so i think in like los angeles both the black and brown community there there has been a lot of tension but then it's at the same time they still have like i said a lot of that i don't know if you want to call it a hierarchy or whatever where you know what i mean they can it's easier for them to kind of be like hey look you know what we chill gonna, out yeah we're gonna chill because yeah did you did you see that a lot I, I saw this uh they said a lot of the black lives matter uh funding and all that is going to like towards the democrat party did you see that I did see that. I did. I that's when I stopped. I stopped looking because <laughs> you know I only <laughs> and the only reason it because I started realizing I'm like, see, you guys are about to get so caught up in all this stuff that doesn't mean nothing. I mean, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and not to say when I say it doesn't mean anything. I've I've been broke through every president since I've been born. Yeah. There's not one person that's been in office that all of a sudden, as soon as they were in office, I recognized my life was so much better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, that includes Obama, too. Obama was president. And guess what? I was still, still broke, broke just a black president. <laughs> so you at the end of the day, what are you going to do? That's what I'm saying. And that's that's the difference. Um, Even even some of the people I see sometimes complaining about who's in office. I, I just said this to a couple of dudes that I was with uh, the other day. And, you know, because obviously they're like, man, you know, what? I think they they have issue with the mayor and all this stuff. And you're talking about how policy needs to change. And I said, I need I said one thing I would have you I would want you guys to recognize, though, is that although, yeah, there there needs to be some policy changes. I agree with that. Yeah. There needs to be a lot of things that need to change. But you guys are still able to grow businesses in the climate that is unfavorable to you yep you still have a business and i was like so what you need to recognize is so while you're out here trying to change policy and police reform and all that other stuff you have something vital that can change a community yeah i'm tired of seeing people wait around for someone else to change their circumstances or someone else to help when it's like bro like if yes. we had, dude, if we had, if we had a, you bring uh, well, up you, the next subject. We use, right, a, yeah. we use Brian as an example because I know he knows at least five or six other Brian's. Mm. You know what I mean? Someone on that level, can you imagine what type of like, what type of just change that that could make if you brought groups like that together and be like, you know what, we're gonna hit Oak Park first. You know, then we're gonna hit, you know, we're gonna hit uh, South Sac, 
and we're going to go in there and try to figure out what it is that we can do. And here's been the disconnect. This is actually one of the reasons why I linked up with um, with Brian in the first place, besides the fact that I know, I've known him for so long. But Brian doesn't know anything about those areas. Yeah. But he's got resources and he's willing to help. Problem is, he's like, he doesn't really know how. So that was one of the things that we had talked about. And he's like, man, he said, dude, whatever, I want to support you any way I can. You know what I mean? So my thing was, I was like, what I want to do is I want to come up with a program or come up with some sort of program that's going to, that I can go in and start helping these kids out, but then start pulling from the people who have the resources. They just don't know the area. Mm. You know what I mean? That's yeah, why. Connecting you know, the two. Exactly. Because normally when there's, normally when you see, uh, when you see, like, you know, I guess take the Boys and Girls Club, for example, like things like that in the communities. Normally it's being ran from, by folks from the community. Yeah. So I've and I've seen this time and time again in, you know, in um, black community. A lot of a lot of times the things that are ran are ran by folks who barely have anything themselves. Mm -hmm. But they're willing to make sacrifices to try to change the lives of like one or two kids out of like 50. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas, but my thing was, and this is this is why I say I've studied the ones that came before us. If you pay attention to the dudes who made the biggest change, they always went outside their community first, figured out how they were doing it. And it's like, you might not, even if you don't want to give it to me, I'm going to figure out how you're doing what you're doing and I'm going to bring it back. That's what they always did. Mm -hmm. And so that's my goal is I'm like, I want to figure out, you know, what are what are all these guys doing that that are living this lifestyle that are that are on the other side of the tracks? Never been to North Highlands, never been to, you know, like all these areas, but they're willing to share the knowledge with me. Well, let me go ahead and get it. And then I'll bring it back to where I'm bring it back to where I'm from. Yeah, that's that was always my goal. So. And that's one of the things you said you're going to do. I remember hearing you on the podcast. Yeah, we'll get into that. Uh, first, before that, one one of the things I want to say is I always feel like uh, if so-and-so is a president and you hated that person, no one backs them up just because they hate them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like, bro, regardless of who is in the office or not, we have to, in a way, back them up just because they represent our country. Where we yeah. live at, where we at, you know what I mean? It's smarter too, because yeah. they're driving. You're not going to distract the driver of the car, yeah, you know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, who cares? <laughs> and and then uh, a good thing that how you said is, um, at the end of the day, what matters is what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And and that's kind of where, how I feel, my opinion on how we're going to fix this. Obviously, there's a problem. I think, yeah, you need to have something where law enforcement, there's so, sort of something where they have a consequence if that happens. But at the end of the day, I don't think that's going to eliminate having uh, people that are bad out there. You know what I mean? They're all still going to be there. What I think that needs to be done is we have to, like you said, there's a problem in the black community. We, same thing, how I felt. Uh, and I, I'm going to go back to my story. And, and, and during my time, uh, there's a list of shit that people would say about illegal immigrants. They would say, oh, they're here, they're, they're criminals or this and that, they're doing this. I can sit there and be another statistic that is proven their statement correct mm -hmm. or incorrect. I have the power to to do that. And I can also use that same and be like, oh yeah, fuck up my life just because I can't do whatever it is what I what I'm doing. So throughout that whole time, honestly, that last protest that I one I told you in two thousand six, that was the last one I went to. And I stopped going to protest. And what I did, instead of protesting and doing this and that, I started focusing on myself, yep. on me. What can I do to better myself and me? And so I could could do things in life that I always wanted to do. Protesting wasn't going to get it done. 
not saying that it didn't work it didn't because it probably it got the dreamers uh the dream act and all that yes but for me what helped me some of the people no joke i i, I can name probably a handful of people that were super super anti-immigration don't like having hate uh, undocumented people hate mexicans that got to meet me got to know where I came from, got to know everything about me, and I changed. I'm not no hoodlum. I'm not this. I'm mm-hmm. not that statistic that everyone thinks. And I got them to change their view like, damn, you know, shit, man. You know, they're not like that. Yeah. So what I'm saying by that is we got to go into into and put it in this situation. We can't say black lives matter if black lives are taking black lives like there's, like there's no tomorrow. You know what I mean? It's yeah. something that we have to fix there. We have to start within themselves what we got to do we got to hold ourselves to a better standard uh change the way we live the way we educate ourselves like you're saying there's so many sources that we can do we have to do that if we don't better ourselves there's no way we're gonna we're gonna have other people treat us with respect that we choose that we want to be treated like you know what i mean we can't yeah. it's like if it's like a if this is a girl she's a hoe and she's sleeping with everybody you can't get mad when another dude comes and a dude sleeps with her on the first night Motherfucker, you slept with every other dude too <laughs> I mean, you got to set the standards for yourself. You know what I'm saying? That's a yeah. whole, I mean, that's a crazy way to look at it. <laughs> Man, but, I like it. Look, I, I just as a disclaimer, this is his podcast, not mine. I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. <laughs> but I'm dead serious, though. You have <laughs> to set them standards, bro. Uh, and, you, and, so I wanted, the one thing you had said, I wanted, I wanted to hit on this um, because this is why I don't like, I hate, I, there's a couple things I don't like. I don't like labels, and I definitely don't like, I don't like looking at, when it comes to um, groups of people i don't like being so general and like you know saying yeah. like oh white folks black folks things like that because we do have to take an individual look like yeah you have black but then you have the you have the you know like the issues that trickle off that and so something you had said that i wanted to hit on was um you know you take a you said obviously you know we got to pay attention to black lives killing like you know killing black lives mm-hmm. and which is actually true and we do need to take a look look at that because yeah. I have seen it seems like all of a sudden people want to forget that it's like oh you know what I'm saying well you know we we, we like we're we're right now we're in this role of I gotta choose my words carefully because I don't want to say it I, I want to say it the way I mean it but it's we're in this situation right now where I think that we're like playing the victim you know yeah. what I mean and and the reason I have an issue with that is because I don't consider myself to be one now I know that the odds are stacked against me but I also recognize that I'm if i look if i look at the people who came before me i recognize that we always have, we've excelled at every in every aspect it doesn't matter what we were up against slavery you know what i'm saying i mean we still harriet tubman was risking her life you know what i mean to <laughs> to help people get free like we've always we've never we've always found a way to kind of yeah. capitalize so you look yes. at now and this is something that i wanted to um i want to encourage people look Anytime you see something, even if it seems ridiculous, it seems ignorant, ask yourself, why did it start in the first place? Um, and this is why I say, you know, I'm, this has been a part of my life looking into this. So there was a time when all this stuff happened and um, and people would probably be surprised to find this out. But I was I thought the Black Lives Matter in the beginning was so ridiculous only because, like you said, I recognize, dude, I've had a gun pulled on me. And it wasn't by a white, wasn't by a white person. You know what I mean? Anytime I've had an issue growing up, most of the time it was, it was from blacks. And so my thing was, I'm like, man, I was like, dude, people out here marching all this other stuff. What about, you know, I'm like, like, like black people barely care about ourselves. And, you know, so I started 
So in the way I was kind of, I, I kind of thought it was stupid because it's like, we over telling them to care about us. We don't even care about us. And um, my little sister actually was the one who kind of, who changed my perception or helped me kind of see things in another light or where my error was. And it wasn't to say that that wasn't true, but what I wasn't looking at is I wasn't looking at how we got there in the first place. Yeah. And um, so, you know, you start looking at, you know, you start looking at, you know, well, why is it that blacks are so violent towards each other? You know what I mean? And then that do that stems all the way back from since we I mean, that stems all the way back from like probably even before we got over here. But that's just the community. Hispanics kill other yeah, Hispanics. Same. You know what I mean? Whites kill whites. Um, but when but now when you look at the level of violence, you know, in, in black communities, um, look at why gangs got started. You know, there's a documentary on Netflix. You can look that up. You know, you can look at where gangs come from. It even goes into why they started beefing like tough in the first place. Um, look at how drugs got into the community. That didn't come from us. No, that's just you know what crazy. I mean, dude. Yeah, that shit is crazy. Look at, I mean, like it's documented how much how much of a role the government has played into to fuck us up. Exactly. So it's like, so when you start understanding that and then you look at the things that have been taken away from the black community, because it's not like the black community has always been poor. We were we went from slaves to like barely have anything. We built our own communities up and every single time either it got bombed or destroyed or the things were taken away from us to where it's like every single time we got a little bit. It was taken. Every leader we've had was assassinated. You know, what I mean, any every single time something has happened positive someone always exactly and so when i looked at that i started understanding more i'm like okay now it makes sense why we're crabs in a barrel you know you know we're crabs in a bucket and it's like we we get in our own way but it's because every time we've tried before and we did have something it was taken yeah so now you you got yeah so now you got a bunch of folks who number one who are who most of them are fatherless and if they're not fatherless you know it might be in some cases probably better if the father wasn't around yeah you know what i mean and and then for the ones who are fatherless the moms aren't always in the best shape so it's like you got kids being raised by kids or kids being raised in the streets Mm -hmm. and it's just like and it it all triggers down to the government dude it's like so that so the mindset is is something that's huge but see not enough people pay attention to that what they pay attention to is they pay attention to the they pay attention to the outcome they see the violence they see they see the ridiculous you know somewhat like ridiculousness on tv how we carry ourselves and they're like well see you guys all want to be gangsters you want to be this it's not even that what it is is like that's the only sign of success that we really have. That's the yeah. only thing that seems attainable. Yep. You know sports. what I mean? Like we don't we we don't have anybody coming from the hood running. We don't have a ton of people running Fortune 500 companies and all this stuff. You know what I mean? Joining we got we got rap, drugs, and NBA or NFL. Yeah, sports. Yeah. And I'm like, and we already know, like, you know how many people I know that were that were good at sports that could play professionally, but it's it's just hard to get in. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like you can't. So the thing is. Looking at depending on where you come from, it's like honestly, man, I'm like, I don't, I don't want to work nine to five for fifty years or something like that to barely make it. I want more than that. Yeah. So you know what? At the end of the day, I always looked at it like this: I would rather, I'd rather die early, or risk my life to have everything, than to work a mediocre life and have and nothing. nothing. You know what I mean? And I'm like, and so that's, that. I'm like, so I can see how other kids will go out there and they will risk their lives. They will do all this stuff because to a lot of people it doesn't make sense. But I'm like, dude, when you grow up how a lot of us grew up, you'd understand why. You yeah. know what I mean? When you, when it's like, when you don't see any other way, you, you'll understand why that, that it's so easy for them to go down that path. You know what I mean? Um, But when it comes to the, 
the part that I have a problem with when it comes to the comparison of, you know, what I mean, um, because I like I said, I do agree that we do have to value ourselves more. And that's more of a that's more of like a, a mindset issue that needs that needs to be fixed. And I do understand where it comes from. So I try not to I try not to like I don't ever want it to seem like I'm like, you know, uh, upset at the way blacks handle themselves because I'm not. Um, but that doesn't mean nothing needs to change. But the thing is, though, when you have issues like with the police, because, you know, I see people trying to stand up saying, well, you know, not all police are bad. OK, that's true. You got to say the. Uh the airplane thing. Yeah, that was good. I know that was an excellent <laughs> way to describe it. I heard it on the podcast. For real, say first, it. That was an excellent way to describe it. First thing is being black is a is a race. You know what I mean? Being a police, that's that's an occupation. Mm-hmm. Police, that's an organization. That's not a race. So when you say black lives matter and blue lives matter, it's not even the same thing because a blue life is filled with black lives, you mm-hmm. know, Asian lives, everything. brown lives, everything. So when you have a so the explanation that um my buddy had told me um was you know if you have Southwest Airlines and they got a th- and they're doing a thousand flights a month and they have one plane going down every single month out of a thousand we'd have a problem with that we would be going and you know like we'd be making a fuss saying man you guys got like you know there's one plane going down a month so it's, and now Southwest came came on and said well I mean it's only one out of a thousand dude that's a that's a plane a month. So now if I like, you know, I'm like now if I have a bag of jelly beans and I, and you know, what I mean, I got a thousand jelly beans and I'm dropping one a month. I mean, what's not that big of a deal It's jelly beans, but we're talking about lives here. So it's like we when you look at the organization as a whole Southwest, I don't care if you do got a thousand flights going out, going out a month. If you got one going down a month, there's a problem there. We need to figure out why that one plane keeps going down every single month with you guys. Yeah. You got to look at the organization now and something I didn't say on the podcast um that would have that definitely would have made sense is because we've um airline thing with delta airlines you know they've been in the news before if this was happening in the southwest and let's say your family was on a plane right if you're if you're if your wife kids whatever if they were on one of those planes out of a thousand first of all would you care about the statistics if southwest came to you and was like all right listen i understand your family was on there but it was only one you know what i mean (laughs) there's only one plane you know what I mean, dude? Yeah, that's your family. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't matter. care. I don't care if you guys have fifty thousand planes going out a month. The plane with my family only went down, and you guys have one a month going down. Yeah. So looking at that, but at the same time, are you gonna go and look for the individual Southwest employees that were in charge of that plane? No, mm. you're gonna you're gonna talk to Southwest as a whole. All the Southwest is to blame. Mm-hmm. There's no you're not gonna be like you know what Southwest you guys have an issue. Oh, but the people behind the ticket counter they're good. Um, oh, you know the baggage people they're good. You, I don't think you guys have no. If you got a Southwest badge on, you are accountable. You are accountable for everyone else that is a part of that organization. So of course I'm not mad at you personally. You know what I mean? I get it. You only do. You only sell tickets. I understand that. But you work for Southwest. I'm pissed off at Southwest. So it's the same thing. Cause and I've seen I've seen people post videos who have you know who have uh, husbands or wives or sons who are police officers, and they're like, well, not all police are bad. Nobody did we say when we say fuck the police? Did we say fuck the police, in, um, including your son Carl? No, we didn't name drop nobody. It literally they literally when they say that they're like, yo, the organization as a whole. I got a good friend who's a cop. You know what I mean? Like now, I don't say fuck the police. I'm not necessarily that, you know, like, but 
NWA. That's a classic song. I didn't see nobody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I didn't see nobody complaining then. Um, uh, no, there was a lot of people complaining. <laughs> <laughs> well, but see, that's the thing. During the yeah, time, though, yeah, you know the what I mean? was on their ass. Like you know, that, but that's what's so crazy is we forget, dude. Like people now will look back on those songs and be like, "Oh, that was a classic." Yeah. And it's like, okay, but when we say it now, everyone gets mad. It's like they said it then, and it was like, but again, folks during that time got mad. It's like we gotta really. That's why I always say we gotta pay attention. If you look at how if history repeats itself, if you look at how we handle things in the past, you see. You can kind of find where you are now. You can be like, oh, man, you know what? I'm actually one of these people. I don't you know what I mean? Like looking back, like like looking back when, you know, when you see folks over here, um, I just learned this. I, well, I, it's not a, I just learned it, but I forgot at the time. Everyone, everyone wants to quote MLK now. You know what mm. I mean? Especially when people don't like the way people are protesting. Everyone wants to, well, you know, MLK wouldn't handle it like this. You know, MLK was actually highly hated at the time that he was leading the civil rights movement. No, like. Basically, there was a group of people during that time who were kind of on the who didn't number one didn't even think that black people had it that bad. And we can clearly look at history and tell that they did. But there were people that were saying that were basically going and and pretty much saying or think they actually thought that blacks in their eyes, they saw that blacks had the same equal rights as everybody else. What? Now, that sounds foolish when you look back. No, yeah. So the thing is, what I'm thinking about is. In 50 years, when we look back at this situation, and this is what I would encourage everybody to do, take your take your biases out of it, take everything out of it and look at the facts, look at schools, look at, you know, look at um, ownership, look at, you know, how much uh, money circulates in every community and then really ask yourself, are things as equal as I as I want to believe they are? Because 50 years from now, especially when your kids grow up and they start seeing that things aren't right. You're going to have to be, you know what I'm saying? You got to really take a look at yourself and be like, man, you know what? Um, I was actually one of those. I was one of those people. You got to find out what side of history do you really want to be on? <clears> you yeah. know what I mean? And that's, and I think that's what's so that's hard powerful, for people. Man. That's what's hard for people to take a look at right now is they're too caught up in, they hear, they hear folks say like, man, well, the white community. And then all of a sudden, you know, individual white people want to get mad. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, dude, it's, if you... If you say you're not racist, right, then put it to the test. Like yourself, put it to the test. That's what I would encourage someone to do. If, if you get mad at some of the comments you see and you feel that you're not a part of that, then either you're not. And so you have nothing to worry about or you have some things that are kind of underlying that maybe you've never checked. And then I would encourage you to check it. And some of the ways that you can do that are and it's very simple. If you really want to find out if you kind of hold a little bit of because I don't I don't the word racist. I, I think it gets used. Uh, <laughs> I think I think the word is has been taken out of context. Everyone wants to jump to if you don't think the way I, I think or if you don't. Yeah, that's not the case. That is not the case. And I, and I can say that from experience. If sometimes people aren't going to see things the same way I see them because they've never been in my shoes. So I can't expect them to think the way I think. I can't expect them to understand my struggles. You know what I mean? And so they might say something offensive. Now, my goal is to address that one that one issue. You know what I mean? Um, As an example, I have this guy that used to come and talk to me all the time. I, I did sales in Roseville. Dude, this older white gentleman, um, he was retired sales. He heard me pitch one day and he loved it. So he, dude, he'd come in there and talk to me all the time. And this was like, kind of like when he's like grumpy, like older white dudes. So he didn't just talk to everybody. So he come in, dude, every single time he walked in the store and talked to me. So one day I got my hair cut. 
I just got dude just got lined up. You know what I mean? Back then my waves was all like was like dipping and everything. So I was looking good that day. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh he comes in, man, and he um he's like, Hey, how's it going? I was like, What's up, man? He's like, dude, why why'd you do that? And I'm like, oh, like, what are you talking about? Why'd you he's like, dude, why'd you do that to your hair? And I'm dude, so now I'm tripping. Cause you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm over like, wait, what like is my is my waves messed up? You know, and he's like, I was like, What are you talking about? He's like, Man, you got the uh, uh, the and I'm like, I was like, my line of, he's like, yeah. He's like, man, he's like, you look like the rest of them. Oh. Yeah. Damn. And, bro, I, this was one of the first times in my life I've ever been speechless. You know what I mean? And Because I, I couldn't believe it. Because I'm like, bro, this man comes in here and, and finds me. He will wait to talk to me. And I was like, and we've had a ton of conversations. Now, today's day and age, automatically I can see, oh, he's racist. He's right. I'm like, dude, this man's not racist. He's ignorant. There is a difference. <laughs> he's never, I guarantee he's never been around a black person that has, he doesn't understand that this is a clean black hairstyle. He doesn't understand the culture because when he sees the criminals or he sees all this stuff being, you know, a way we're portrayed in the media, they all got lineups. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so with that, that's his view on the on on the black community. So when he's seeing me, someone who he considers an upstanding young black man, not out on the streets, pants aren't sagging, all this other stuff, you know, the stereoty the stereotypes that we still should be judged by, but we are. He sees me clean cut and everything, and he thinks that oh, I look like a thug because I got a lineup. And instead of me completely cutting him off, I educated him. And that's what I chose to do. And then from that point on, guess what? We stayed cool ever since then. Because I'm like, dude, I'm not going to do you label somebody racist and a racist. That's a pretty uh, that's a pretty strong term. And you can't mm -hmm. just throw that around. Like, you know, what I'm saying now if he was waiting outside of my car or he went ahead and spray painted, you know, what I'm saying the N word on the side because he didn't like my haircut. Then we got a problem. Yeah. But I was like, no, nah, bro, you just don't understand the culture. And there's a difference. So, so you ex you explained to him. Yeah. Hey, what, I, what happened? He, you know, he pretty much, I think he kind of felt stupid, but <laughs> you know what I mean? But I did it in a way where I'm like, I said, no, nah, I said, no, nah, man, I said, dude, this is, this is how we, this is how we do it. Like, this is a, a nice ha hairstyle for us. And then I told him, I was like, you can't basically, you can't always, you can't always judge each individual off what you see in the media. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, cause unfortunately, yeah, there are some out there who are probably robbing liquor stores and stuff like that who have a lineup also. I'm like, yeah. we go to the same barbershop. Like, I can't, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, I was like, we go to the same exactly. Barbershop. I'm like, but that doesn't define, you everyone. know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't define everyone. And so I, I always, I'm the type of person, I want to sit across the table from somebody who like, who I know for a fact, I actually want to sit across the table from a racist. I don't want to sit across the table from somebody who agrees with me because that doesn't do me any good. If you're mm. on my side, what good does that do? And that's the other reason why I don't be, I don't do a whole bunch of social media posts and everything like that. You know, when people are trying to basically roast everybody or, you know, be the most educated, the most woke, I'm like, the only person that's going to respond to you, are the folks that agree, you know what I mean? You're not, when's the last time you ever posted something controversial and then all of a sudden, in a way that was, that where you were calling someone else out? And when's the last time somebody ever like messaged you back and was like, you know what, man? You changed my whole view on this because of that post you made. You're right. I am an idiot. Mm. Nobody, nobody does that. Hey, to be real, I had, had three, three people send me a message recently off a post like that. Really? <laughs> they Dude, didn't, you got lucky. They, they didn't say I'm an idiot though. They were just like, yo, I never looked at it like that. Yeah. That was a good fucking way to uh, explain it. I was like, oh, that's good. 
I, so. I, I would, but but you though, but you have a reputation. Mm-hmm. See, now that's the other thing too. You have a reputation for it's like if anyone follows you, they can see what type of individual you are. So the thing is, they're like, if Jose posts this, then I really need to you know take a look at this because yeah. I know him. And see, because I, I have had that happening before. Someone yeah, yeah, yeah. reached out to me because they know me. And they didn't necessarily agree with what I was posting, but it was but, because of who else was posting yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So what they did was they reached out. And I had do we had this long conversation about it. And at the end of it, they're like, you know what? I never seen it like that. You were right. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I'm like, so I was like, I actually made a difference. Yeah. I actually made a change. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm like, that's that's what that's I how want. I feel we need to make a fix, is that we need to be, like you said, sit across from people exactly that are not really agreeing with what you're saying and, and get to know why they feel that way and they got to feel what you feel and kind of come to a, a peace with each other yep. understand why they feel that way because you may not see something they see and you may feel like you're perfect and you may not be you know what i mean vice versa for them and yeah. really understand what the fuck is really going on so um, one, if real quick one thing i would just because i like because i know i talk a lot but <laughs> out of after all this the one thing i would want to say is because like because again i'm all about action i'm about solutions Anytime you find yourself in a situation to where you don't understand something or you disagree, always ask yourself why. It's I do it with my kids, and this is actually why I chose to work with kids, because we are less judgmental of children than we are of, of adults, which makes sense because I mean, you're an adult. You should have it together, right, which we all know isn't the case. You know what I mean? But at the same time, it's weird how we're so focused on mental illness and helping people with mental illness. But then when we are faced with people with mental illness, we tend to, like, turn our backs on them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't really think people know what mental illness really means, you know what I'm saying, or what mm-hmm. it really entails. Um what you see happening with all the kids like Chicago, there's like 104 shootings in a weekend or something like that. Oh, those are criminals. Those are this. Yeah, but those are also victims of mental illness. Those are kids dealing with mental illness, believe mm-hmm. it or not. That yeah. is what they're going what they're going through to go out there at 16 years old and younger with you know what I'm saying, automatic weapons, yeah. killing another person without nearly batting an eye. You mean to tell me that that person's okay? Yep. So it's like, but instead we want to lock them up, but we still are trying to combat mental illness. It's Do like, I feel like uh, this year particularly is like we're trying to, they're trying to segregate us more, like with everything, like mask on, mask off. Uh, um, I mean, yeah. They, <laughs> Do they, I, I had a friend, I had a, uh, actually one of the members here at the gym. His name is Junior, right? Mm-hmm. And he's a server. He said he had these older couple. He said a lot older. They were, they were actually around when Hitler was around. Like when Hitler was first getting up and um, I don't know exactly the details. He explained to me, I don't want to say it wrong, but pretty much they told him that this kind of reminded me, reminded them a lot of when Hitler was coming on. Because back then when Hitler was around, everyone that was down with the cause with Hitler had a badge. Mm-hmm. And the ones that didn't, didn't, didn't wear the badge and it caused all this tension. Yeah. And he said that couple told Junior was like, yo, this kind of reminds me of that because certain people that believe in something wear a mask and the ones that don't believe in it are not wearing a mask and then it's ca- causing attention you go to the grocery store if you're wearing a mask or you're not wearing a mask and you look at somebody that's doing the opposite of you they look at you hella different yeah yeah they look at you like the fuck you know what i mean so i feel like it's causing that tension like yeah that segregation and all that and just, but you know and, and so this is my view on it both sides both sides of it are being ridiculously yeah. ignorant bro because this is all right <laughs> so, I look at it the same way. I, I'll dude. let you explain your way, but I'm gonna look at it. I'm gonna tell you how I feel about it afterwards. Go Man, ahead. 
All right. So me, I don't wear a mask everywhere I go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, Walmart, I'm probably going to wear a mask in there for the rest of my life, even after this is over. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I was like, I was, I was thinking about I was like, I should have been wearing a mask in here the whole time. But, um, <laughs> dude, when I put the mask on, it hasn't changed my life. Well, so, yeah, it's uncomfortable. You know what I mean? It's, it's uncomfortable for a second. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, okay. Like, and I, I definitely got to make sure I didn't forget to brush my teeth that morning or something like that. You know what yeah. I mean? If you, like, if you coffee breath or whatever, you don't want to have your mask on. So it's like, but the inconvenience of it is so small that I'm like, what I've noticed, the people that tend to make the biggest fuss about it, and I'm mm. not talking about the, like, you know, putting facts out there, trying to edge, like, hey, you know what, these are the findings that I found. It is what it is. All right, that's fine. But the ones that are making this big fuss about it, I also look at where their where their life is at. And I'm like, so you're one of those people. Yeah. You're somebody who likes to just blow everything out of proportion. proportion yep. You know what I mean? I'm like, which also shows why you haven't been able to make it where you want to go is because you get distracted by something as simple as a mask. Yeah. But now the ones who on the flip side who are like, we got to have my mask on, got to have my mask on. Those people, I'm kind of like, you're the other side of it. You're the you're the ones that also aren't where you want to be. Why? Because you are so dependent on what someone else tells you that you can't think on your own. Yeah. So I'm like right in the middle. My thing is I wear my mask knowing like, you know, what I mean, because if I know I'm going to be out somewhere public, you know, I'm like, dude, I'm around somebody. I'm around grandparents. I'm around all this stuff. I'm like, you know what? Out of respect, because I know that some of them are worried, then I'm gonna. I don't mind doing my part. My mom, my mom freaks out about this thing. So for her, I make sure to make sure she's comfortable. That's yeah. my mother. You know what I mean? So, but it's the same way when I go out in public. I'm like, dude, some of these people are literally scared. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, so out of respect for them, I'm gonna do my part to, yeah. you know, what I'm saying to kind of help. You know, like, but now if I'm going somewhere like where I know I'm like, shit, I don't think they're tripping off no mask. I ain't wear no mask. Yeah. You know what I mean? But now on the flip side, I have known people who have come down with coronavirus mm -hmm. that, you know, like that didn't die in the hospital. So they're like, nah, like I had it and they said it sucked. You know what I mean? Like, so that, so on that side of it. So that's the other thing. So it's one of those things where I know it's real. We got to stop acting like it's not real. But I also don't think that it's what they say it is necessarily as far as I don't think it's as bad as they say it is. So what we just got to do is it's like, bro, just be smart about it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like try to limit yourself. You know what I'm saying? Being around a bunch of people. You know what I mean? Because obviously there is something going around. And my uncle said it best. He's like, I don't necessarily believe in the hype of the virus all the way, but I'm not going to that hospital. And that's that was my main thing is like. I'm not going, I am not stepping foot in no hospital because I don't know what's happening to those people. Cause when yeah. you go in there, bro, you, you're by yourself. So yeah. my thing is I'm like, you, so when somebody, so someone wants to come to me, like, man, you wearing a mask. I'm like, well, yeah. Like, oh, you scared? I'm like, no, nah, I ain't scared, bro. But if, if I do get it and I got to go in the hospital by myself, bro, I'm cut off from the world. <laughs> so I'm like, so I'm like, so I'm like, it's not the virus that scares me. It's the people behind the virus that, yeah. that scares me. It's the way they're handling their patients. I'm like, so, yeah, you know what? If I'm going out in public, then every once in a while, I might have a mask on. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm like, bro, the people, and you've seen it. How many dudes you see going to the bathroom and don't wash their hands when they come out? Yeah, that shit is popular. You feel me? So it's yeah. like, so, bro, it's, so my thing is people are just nasty, period. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? With the whole coronavirus thing, I'm like, so those folks, I'm like, I already know y'all stepped y'all game up. Y'all like extra disgusting now. <laughs> so I'm like, so guess what? Yeah, if I'm if I'm gonna be in a large group where I know I'm gonna be surrounded by folks that I don't know, 
I'm like, you know what? I'm yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and keep my mask on. For a <laughs> <bit>. <laughs> uh, I look at it. I mean, regardless if you believe in it or not, or you gonna do it, it's just let people don't disrespect their beliefs. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's like religion. If someone's a Christian, the other one's a Muslim, bro, let them do their thing. They believe in that. That's their thing. Why are you going to sit here and shit on their life? Because they believe in whatever it is that they believe in. Regardless if it's mask on or mask off, just be respectful of their beliefs. Yep. Go on about your way. And that's it. But don't unnecessary say, don't, argument. Yeah, un, unnecessary <laughs> argument. Quit shitting on people's lives. I've, I've, I've seen people. And I'll be real, though. I, 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 uh, I've, 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 I saw a dude driving once, and he had two masks <laughs> while driving alone, bro. And I couldn't help but to videotape him and laugh, bro, because I was just weak. Afterwards, I, afterwards, I felt kind of bad. I was like, "Yo, that's fucked up." Like that was a man's belief. Like he, he felt comfortable that way. Yeah. And I felt bad. I was like, "Yeah, you're right. I shouldn't have done that." But I was dying at the time. Though I was like, "This dude's wearing two masks, driving alone in the car." That's what I'm saying, is, bro. <laughs> they, that's the that's the extreme on that side. You yeah, know yeah. I mean? I'm like, dog. Like, come on. Like, I, even even with the gloves, like seeing people with gloves and everything like that. Like, dude had his gloves on, got back in the car. I'm like, bro, you supposed to take them? You know what I mean? I'm like, if you gonna do all, if you gonna go through all this extra protection? Can you do it right? You know what I mean? Like, you over here, like me, I keep my hand sanitizer in the car. Mm-hmm, you know me too. Like, yeah, yeah. Because I, I don't care what nobody says because I see people posting, you know, like, oh, man, you know, you guys got to look at the facts and look at all this other stuff. None of us studied, you know, what I'm saying any of this, like none of us are doctors, yeah. you know, like and I know they've had nurses and doctors going on there saying like, oh, this is fake. This is fake. And so see what people do is and I recognize this. This is, this is how the, this is for some reason how I guess humans work. You will take anything is truth if someone in that field says it's true. And it aligns with your with your agenda. If it aligns with, because let's right. be real, folks didn't want to wear masks, so they were looking for any reason why wearing the mask was stupid. So they look for a nurse who says, "Oh yeah, man, all this stuff's fake. They're killing people in here." And people are like, "See, see, see." I'm like, "Okay," but w- the other nurse is saying that it's real. So how is it that you not being an expert? In whatever I was a biology or whatever, you know, what I'm saying, how is it that you, someone who's not an expert, can decide which nurse is telling the truth? Yeah, you can't. You can't. There's no way you can be 100 percent sure. I don't care because then they're like, oh, yeah, well, if you look at the numbers, the numbers are fake. OK, well, how do you know the numbers have been adjusted? How do you how do you know that the numbers they, they didn't actually like online? How do you know that they didn't cut the numbers down to make it look like it's not that big of a deal? Because, see, my thing is we have to realize, dude, when you start talking about people in power, the government, bro, they're chess players. We keep trying to play checkers in a game of chess. We're we're reactive to what we see. People say don't trust the media. And the way and the reason they say don't trust the media or what they use to back it up is posts from the media. They use posts from the media to back up why you shouldn't trust the media. It's like it's dumb. You know what I mean? Like, like you will never see me. You will never see me use an Instagram post to try to sway people towards the truth, unless it's a post that I've already done research on myself outside of what's popular on Instagram. You know what I mean? Like if if I see something and I and I'm like, okay, this person is is speaking the truth, and it's things that you can actually look up. You know what I mean? On something, and not even just internet. It's like actual history. I'll post that, but I will never post anything where it's like, oh yeah, see this nurse says so and so and everything like that. I'm like, dude, all that nurse said it. She said what I wanted to hear. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like you really can't you really cannot know. So again, that's why I say like I'm not I'm I don't always wear my mask. I wear it sometimes, but at the end of the day it's because to be honest with you, I really don't know. And when it comes to my health and being here for my family, if I'm wrong about coronavirus and it turns out it is real, I've risked everything. Yeah. But if I'm wrong and there is no coronavirus, all I had to do is wear a mask. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's why I look at it. It's just one like now if I didn't have kids and my wife, I probably wouldn't have no mask at all, to be honest with you. I just that's just the way I lived my life before they came in. I was just like I would have been like, Yep, screw the masks. You know what I'm saying? Like I wouldn't have cared. But because I got them to think about, I'm like, Yeah, you can post as many statistics as you want. I'm like <laughs> like the point is I've known people that said they've had it. Supposedly some people have died from it. I'm like, so it's just not a risk I'm willing to take. You know yeah. what I mean? When it comes to them. So, yeah, stats, stats don't necessarily work a lot when it comes to when it comes to my life or the life of anybody else, especially when I'm risking my family. Yep. So. So what would be your fix to all this? Um, um, everything in this year, what do you think would be your let's start with um, the law enforcement problem? Because there's a problem. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um. You know, one thing I want to mention, uh, I I always found curious because there's there's, I mean, not just black people got killed from cops. Yeah, violently. I think every nationality's probably yeah. been, somebody's been murdered by that. So why is it so hard for people to stand with us? When yeah, we're, you know what no, I mean? and I really do believe that. <laughs> yeah, and um, so there's obviously a problem with people with an, an authority yeah. that are taking advantage of their authority. Um. Obviously, not all of them, but there is a problem. What do you think is your? What do? You, what would you say? What would be your fix? What do you think? If you had the power to change it right now, what would you do? So, to change to change things, what I would do, especially with the police situation, is if I could, man, I would actually I would walk in and try to talk to the chief of police myself. I would just walk right through the door and be like, "Hey, can I set up an appointment or something?" Because ultimately, the problem, if I have a problem with you. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go around to everybody around you to try to address it and for a couple of reasons. Number one, because I don't think it's gonna get handled the way it needs to be handled. You know what I mean? And then number two is because if I talk to someone above you to make you change, especially in a situation when it's a it's basically a humanity issue, let's be real. Like, yeah, police brutality, the things that are happening, if you take the badges and everything else off, bro, that's a human in a human. That's one human treating another human like you know, like like a dog, basically, in, in some of these cases. And my thing is, if it's a humanity issue, I don't care how many rules, regulations or reform we we give you. If we're not willing to change the person in the uniform, it's still going to be the same person. They're going to find a way. Bro, they're killing people with, with cameras on. What how much more reform and training do you think we're going to give these people to where it's going to make that much of a difference, especially when you're going above their heads? You know, what I mean, like When's the last time you've ever known somebody to, and, I, and I'm not saying that folks that are trying to change the police are snitches, but that's basically what it is. It's like, I'm going, and I'm going to go tell on you, or I'm going to go tell somebody that, to make you change. And it's, for the most part, when have you ever had someone go and tell your authority figure on you, and then all of a sudden, y'all just became, like, friends right afterwards? Never. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, do, it n- normally doesn't happen that way. You're normally kind of like, man, how come you just didn't come talk to me or something? So my thing is, what I would what I would do is, me, by myself, being a just an average civilian, walk into the office, 
and try to sit down with them and like, you know what, would you be willing to have a conversation with me? Because obviously we both agree there's an issue, but we're putting we're putting them in a position to where in a way they kind of have to be on guard. And I think the reason is, is because a lot of it, dude, we got you got police that some for some of them having probably aren't from the community. Some are. But then you also the amount of training that they have or the requirement to become a cop I've seen is like like you got to spend more hours on learning to be a hairdresser than a cop, which is ridiculous. And and I don't even think when they when people say they need more training, I don't think they do need more training. I think cops are highly trained, but they're trained in the wrong area. They're not trained on how to deal with people you know what i mean like i honestly i think all cops should go through sales training because in sales training you learn how to defuse situations you learn how to deal with angry customers you learn how to deal with um you basically learn you learn how to overturn objections you know what i mean they need to have you ever been have you ever been pulled over and a cop just walks to your window and says um license registration yeah this is my thing can i get a hello you know what i'm saying can i get a hey how's your day going you know what i mean you walking up to my car Mind you, you're a public servant, which means that you are here to serve the community. You're not a slave to the community. You're a servant. So what that means is if you want the best response from somebody, and when I say that, because a lot of people, like, I already know, folks, people think that when I say you're a public servant, they're trying to, they want to seem, they want to make it seem like I'm trying to say that they're lower than us. It's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is being the fact that you are in a position of to service, serve. Serve, then yeah. you should make sure that every single time you walk up to somebody, you should be do you should be greeting them. You should be asking them, hey, how's your day going? Hey, um, you know, hey, do you know why I pulled you over? You know what I mean? You're going to get a better response from the person, even if they're like, dude, even if they're in the wrong. Yeah. But let's I be honest, had, we're not always. I, I actually had uh, some police. I've had a mixture. I've yeah. had a police officer like that before. So I yep. know exactly what you mean. And I, um, I don't know if you know, I've, I did an episode with an officer. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and I talked. She's a long-term, long-time friend of mine here, trains here. And, and, and no joke, she's exactly like that. That's how she is. And she yeah. even mentions that. She's like, I think I'm part of the change. I, 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 uh, I'm trying to change that. I treat people like people. You know, I talk to them. I've, I see what's going on. And 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 I think that's actually like a is obviously a skill. I mean, yeah. you can try it. I mean, but it is true. I like that. No, I never cops, really th- cops should have a sales pitch. They yeah. should. And if you and honestly, if you get caught not greeting the customer, because that's basically what we are. Mm-hmm. If you get caught not greeting the customer, and you about to write me this ticket and have me, you know what I'm saying? Like if if you do that, you should get in trouble for it. I would I would make it to where you get in trouble for just those things. If you don't just if you don't just show hum, like just decency, period, towards another person, you should get in trouble, especially if you are in a service position. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so that's that's the way I look at it. Cops like cops have the ability to change this. They're the ones that are ultimately going to have to change it. So what I would do is if I could, I'd go sit down with the police chief and be like, "Yo, dude, police reform." defunding them all this other everyone's jumping to the extreme but i'm like that doesn't change the man in the uniform that's what needs to change the person that's put that puts the badge on because if you do if you if you take money away from them do all this other stuff it's gonna make more mad you know and then (laughs) you know i'm like and then what's gonna happen because like and people trying to act like we don't need police there are some of us that do your Mm -hmm. grandmother needs police you know what i mean your um the the person that that is mostly in our in our neighborhoods yeah really you know what i mean so i'm like dude if if we 
if all of a sudden we start doing this to them and they're like, okay, so you don't need us no more. Next thing you know, you you call them on the phone because you got something going on. And next thing you know, they're like, oh, yeah, we'll be there when we get there. You know what I mean? Like, there's not going to be any rush. So it's like, so folks are, that's why I say, dude, people are just, uh, man, we got to. I'm it's not going, going too extreme. Too <laughs> it's extreme. Too, it is. It's yeah, too extreme, I don't extreme, think defunding man. them is a way to go. And doing all that, definitely not. You know, I mean, unless and now, unless you are going to, because I know this has come up. I'm um, I've uh, I'm like working with a group, and this has come up, is where it's like now, if you're gonna take some of that money and start like maybe putting it into schools or something like that, like, because the thing is, I'm like, all right, like, how much money are we really giving them? You know what I mean? Like now, if we're if we're giving them all this money, like. There's no need for police to be going around dressed up like they're going to war in Iraq to deal with to deal with protesters who have no weapons. You know, like, mm. Dude, like when you see that, when you see that type of force that automatically causes a problem, you are automatically in opposition because you came out here decked out. We out here. I mean, we're out here doing what we're, what we're allowed to do, what is our what is in our rights. And the only thing that we're doing is maybe cussing some of y'all out and you know what I mean and everything like that. And y'all are over here and you guys are literally dressed up like you're about to go to war. I'm like, come on, man. You know what I mean? And that's and spe- do and then not only that, because I already know there's some people like, well, you know, some of the protesters were doing this. Watch all the videos. Because what was happening was a lot of the folks who were causing the problem were being checked by a lot of the protesters. A lot of that's why these last like if you notice like towards the end of it, things calmed down a lot. It's because the people who were out there protesting peacefully weren't putting up with none of the um, mess like the, the graffiti, the looting and all that. That's that got put to a stop. And everyone should know by now that the ones out there tearing things up, it wasn't necessarily us. And not only that. Again, this is another thing that I that I noticed again. The ones that were going in there looting, the ones that were part of the that were part of the community, they seen the young black boys or whatever jump like going in there stealing stuff. But those were like teens. Those were kids. You know, now there might have been some grown opp- you know what I'm saying, opportunists, but bro, every community has opportunists. You know what I mean? Like I'm not gonna sit there and say like every single person in our community no one's gonna do anything wrong. Yeah. But at this like what they saw is look, they saw an open window and they're like, you know what? I'm like, hey, look, five people already went in there. I'm gonna go in there and grab something too. I'm not agreeing with it, but I'm saying like you can't judge an entire movement off of those individuals, especially if they weren't even the ones who started in the first place. Dude, there was videos of a guy going around paying people to actually go in and steal stuff. And he wasn't black. He was going around paying, and he, but the, here's the thing: he was finding young kids. He was seeking out teens, paying them money, and then having them go and like smash windows and stuff like that. Wow! And it's like, and 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 people, and again, folks might want to like that has got a lot to do with trying to segregate everybody. Yes. I mean, you think about it. I mean, you go over here paying somebody to do this and do that. That I mean, the the protest I do think is a distraction right now. Um, I think, well, I think it's being used as a distraction. And what I mean by that is I think there is some things going on in the background. I don't want to go too deep into, you know what I'm saying? Conspiracy Conspiracy theories theories. and stuff like that. But there are some things that, um, that are happening. And the question I keep asking myself, which again is one of the reasons why I'm, you won't really catch me at protest is that the one community that seems to be used a lot when other agendas are trying to be pushed I already know where you're going always the black community because we're always the ones who tend to there is no other I I wanted to I wanted to hit on this too 
there is no other minority group in America that has gone through the same type of mistreatment that the black community has. And it's like, and I'm like, and, and that might be a hard pill to swallow for some people, but I'm strictly speaking from like, if you go back and look at the history of it on American soil here in America, there's no group that is, that was literally brought here against their will to come and work for free. And then afterwards, still not like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, they send, they like, all right, you know, you guys are free now, go ahead. And you know what I'm like? But then, but we still have everything. You still have to find a way. Oh, but then Jim Crow law, you know what I mean? That hits prison, all this other stuff. And it's, and one of the, um, my wife, she's actually, she's Central American. So all her family, like on her mom's side, all came from El Salvador. And I was sitting down and talking to them not too long ago about all the stuff that's going on. Cause obviously they don't fully understand it. Um, and they start kind of questioning me about how, you know, blacks, how we handle things. And I said to and I had to tell her, I said, you know, I said, you guys came here looking for a better opportunity. Right. She's like, yeah. I was like, well, we didn't we didn't come here looking for nothing. And I mean, that's one of the differences. And not only that, we're so disconnected from where we come from. I'm like, if you notice, I don't look African. So I'm like, so there obviously has been some things done, you know what I mean, in between those times where it's like, I'm not from there. Those, that's not my culture necessarily. So I was like, when you guys came over here, you guys came over, number one, you guys came as a group, you brought your culture with you. I was like, that's why I love coming over here and being around you guys. Because I love getting it, I love seeing how you guys, how you guys do things, how you come together as a family. I was like, if you look at every minority group that has come over here, that's pretty much the case with all of them. That's why we have um, Chinatowns, you know, Korean towns, Japan towns. You got certain places like little Mexico. Like, you know what I mean? You got, you got communities mm -hmm. where it was immigrants that came over and built it from the ground up. The money circulates in that community. Go to a black neighborhood and tell me if you see a bunch of black owned businesses. Do you see the blacks coming to get you? Don't because we, there's no little Africa anywhere. You know what I mean? So that's, so that we're disconnected. You know what I mean? And that was like, I don't even know where I was going with that. But, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? But so that's, again, I, I like I want to like somehow I went off on that. But that was something that I wanted to bring up, too, was like, like we're literally a disconnected group of people mm -hmm. that don't you don't have no country to go back to. Just, you dude, have no coat. You have no nothing <laughs> here. This is where we this is where we come from. This is it. America right mm -hmm. here. So so like so. I like somehow I got on that, but it was basically it was basically about, you know, like um, seeing how we handle things. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. So we pretty much we just don't have anywhere to to like go back to and to, you know, I'm like to get in touch with. That's why you see like schools have like black black student unions, things like that. It's so uh, we can at least learn a little something about the history and the people that came before us, because unfortunately we can't we can't connect with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Damn. All right. Anything else you want to add to this before I get the uh, asking you some random shit that has nothing to do with this? Man, um, nah, just uh, cause I I know it was a lot. I know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, dude, just again, f figuring out what you can do to help. Um, and not just you know, you not had just brought helping. up that you were gonna do in uh, um, Brian on the T Class podcast that you were gonna do a something with the youth kids. Yeah. So um. My focus is with the kids, and um, and that's that's actually where we had started. I think that's where I stemmed from. So I don't know how I got way over where I was, but uh, basically with kids, I wanted to work with kids because of the fact that it's harder for us to pass judgment on on children. 
You know what I mean? We, we're a little more forgiving when it comes to them. So what I thought of is if I can somehow affect, you know, changing um, kids' lives, then it'll be easier for me to bring more people on. So I started a giveaway um, because I'm an artist. And so I uh, started doing um, a giveaway with art supplies. So what I do is I give away the same supplies I use. So what I ultimately my plan is, is to give um, children these art supplies, teaching them how to use it. So ultimately, you know, I'm basically setting them up to start their own little art business, um, you know, while they're in high school, middle school, things like that. And then also get like do little tutorials, showing them how to use the product, everything like that. So the idea behind it was um, so what I did was I put in my own money, bought my first kit and um, gave it away. And then um, people seen what I was doing. And I was fortunate enough, dude, I had people actually donate to buy more kits so i started off with four entries one kit and then after it was all said and done i was able to give away all four i was able to give away four kits instead so every kid got one what yeah man so it was uh so people definitely came through man have my back so i appreciate that yeah and, that, and that's a big thing for you to, as far as the future right for the kids yeah because that's something that saved you exactly right. yeah art man my uh, my grandmother gave me my first professional art set and she was probably the one person that believed in me having a future as an artist and i remember what that feeling was like getting it um because i couldn't afford that kind of stuff you know what i mean and she went ahead and bought it for me doing ever since then i've noticed that my artwork just completely like it changed you know yeah. I, was, I was i took more pride in it you know yeah. so having that feeling using what the professionals use it kind of gave me more of a it, it pushed me to want to pursue art more, you know, like professionally, I guess you could say. Yeah, I like your uh, your IG handle. It's Peyton Fool, right? Peyton Fool, yeah. Yeah, that shit sounds yeah. <laughs> Peyton Fool. Thanks, man. Peyton Fool, I like it a lot. Um, what would you tell? I mean, I think there's a lot of people, you know, I mean, not necessarily all over, but there's a lot of people that feel, you know, injustice or, 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 or maybe playing victim right now. Playing victim that like, oh, I'm getting mistreated. What would you tell them? What would be your advice for them? What would you tell them to uh, kind of snap out of it and look at where you come from? And that's why I say um, it's it's easy. Like I said, I understand the feeling. It's easy to feel victim when you don't really have a lot. You know what I mean? Because do we like me growing up, bro? We were five people in one bed. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know what air conditioning felt like until after I graduate. Until after I left the house. You know what I mean? It was like. We, we went outside in 100-degree weather to escape the heat in the house. That's how hot it used to be. You know what I mean? So it's like, so I know what it feels like to kind of be like hope, to feel hopeless. And it wasn't until I uh, went to my great aunt's house and I seen pictures on the wall of her and my uncle with uh, JFK, Martin Luther King, finding out that they were actual people, part of the community. They were important. And I was like, although I don't have, I don't live that lifestyle, I share the same last name as them. So I, I got a little bit of pride in that, you know, and then again, I started looking at more into that's why what got me into looking at more like activists that came before me, um, you know, is like I want to find out what if there's plenty of things showing what if what's happened to black people. You know, what I mean, there's plenty of things showing you the, the, the downside and on it, which is crazy, because I think when you do learn black history in school. I remember they do tend they they talk about slavery. They talk yeah. about the things that have been done, mm -hmm. you know what I mean, negatively. And I think that's why so many any of us grow up and it's like all like what was me type of situation. But what they don't talk about, they don't talk about the successes. They don't talk about like even saying black history sometimes actually kind of upsets me because there is no American history without black history. So it's one of those things where it's like why is it like why can't we just call it history because that's what it is. 
we yeah. there would be no America without blacks. So it's not just black history and American history. It's, it's the same thing. <laughs> it literally is. So what I did was I would encourage people start with where start with your family first. Really look into where you come from. Find out who you are. You know what I mean? Find out, like, is there anyone that in your family that has overcome? You know what I mean? Don't just look at your situation. Yeah. Um, And then the next most important thing is find out what you can do to serve somebody else. That actually should be number one, honestly. It's real easy to feel victimized or feel kind of like, you know, or feel hopeless or, you know what I mean? Or like things aren't necessarily going to change when you're focused on you and where you're at. Get out and figure out what you can do to serve somebody else because that'll do a couple of things. Number one, especially if you're helping someone that is like worse off than you, kind of make you realize like, I mean, okay, maybe things aren't so bad or it could be worse. And it also, in a way, I mean, I think that's just what we're just called to do, period. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, And so that's what I tried to do. I think a, a big part of my change was um, when I f- started volunteering. And dude, when I started volunteering, bro, I changed everything. You know what I mean? I, dude, I was still volunteering, bro. And I'm like, you know, my bank account was negative. Like, when I'm still going out here helping somebody else because I was like, I got a bank account. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I got a bank account. I got a... I'm I'm working. It's only negative now because I'm waiting to get paid. Some of these folks don't have don't even have that. Yeah. You know, so I think that's that's exactly. what I would I would encourage people to do is like if you you have more meaning when you know where you stand for. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, I, bro, I, my family fought for this. Da, 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 I, yep. That's what I stand for. And you have more meaning behind what you're doing. Yeah. And I encourage a lot of people to do the same. Like in the gym, I always tell them find out. And then they come to the gym. They're just working the bare minimum. I'm like, bro, find out about your family. Your, I mean, your mom and dad, your grandparents, your great grandparents. What, what was their drive? Yeah. What was their meaning? And then it, you, you start finding out shit you didn't know about yourself. Like, oh fuck. And you start holding pride on that. Yep. And then you suddenly you start working a whole lot harder because yeah. then you're like, shit, I stand for this, not just this no more. Yep. Yep. I like that. Um, what would you name this episode? If you can name it anything, what would you name it? I was actually thinking about that. Um, I would, <laughs> my first thing was to, I was like, you know what? I would probably name it um, I See Color with Paint and Fool. Only because, like, well, I was like, man, if I, but if you put that, though, people probably aren't going to listen to it. But the only reason I say that is because, because um, I've had a lot of folks, you know, say, well, you know, I don't see color and everything. And I was like, that's the, that's the worst possible way to look at it because the issue is not seeing color the issue is not realizing that all of each color each group of people we have a role and being an artist can you imagine how my art would look if everything was just black and white you know what i mean i'm not saying that there's not some beautiful black and white art but at the same time but when you have somebody who actually knows how to use each and every color and put it into a piece dude you have this beautiful work of art you know That's what I mean? A fucking great way to explain it, bro. Dude, I I've like learned, that shit. bro. I, I've learned so much through art, so much through art. Um, even my style, my style is very, very messy. And if you see my stuff, like sometimes you'll see like some realistic elements in there, like certain things, like the way I do skin tones, all this. Um, the piece I'm working on now, the Nipsey painting, it's a 30 by 40 piece. So this thing's huge. So you can really, if you're standing up on it, you see everything. And dude, it looks like a mess. It's like the way I did everything, it's very loose details. It kind of looks like crap up close. But then the minute you step back and you look at the whole piece and how it all comes together, 
all those messy loose details make this just ridiculously beautiful piece and so that reminds me of how things are now it's like you recognize like we all got problems everybody every group every race Mm -hmm. we all got issues everybody you know what i mean i'm like no one's perfect but it's when we bring all that mess together you know what i mean is when we that's what we need to do we need to figure out how do we bring this mess like how do we bring all this stuff together and then ultimately do if you were to if you were to really look at every community and what we've contributed to where we're at you realize like we there's room for improvement but at the same time bro this is this is a beautiful image that we've created everyone's contributed you know what i mean i Mm -hmm. mean like i won't you know what i'm saying like if if it's taco tuesday i'm not going to taco bell you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like i'm like i'm gonna go find i'm gonna go find some authenticity you know what i mean we wouldn't have that if it wasn't if it wasn't for the hispanic community Mm -hmm. you know um soul food restaurants like you wouldn't have the delicious ones if it wasn't for the black community i had some fire soul food (laughs) uh, food on friday i love soul food yeah soul food is fire I was like, that's like, I'm, I must be hungry because I'm using food as an example. But, you know, Asian nah. community, bro, like, it's like we all contribute so much to to this. Yeah. And all I would, the way I would look at it is it would just be nice to see us do that same thing when one group calls out for, is calling out for help. And it's like, look, there's a problem. We need help. We need help. Whether you agree, disagree, or even if you don't understand, what I would suggest you do is, and I've actually said this to a couple of people, if you if you are someone who doesn't necessarily agree with the way things are going, right, but you have a black friend, call your black friend. Don't respond to the folks you don't know. Call your black friend and, and ask them, hey, listen, I don't understand everything going on. I'm confused. You know what I'm saying? But, like, what is your take on everything? And trust that person because your friend's for a reason. You know, but it's the same thing because um, I actually had some I, I seen this, which, again, I was telling you, I was like, I really wanted to link up with you because I was recognizing the division between our communities also. And, I, you know, I've, I've seen I've heard like Hispanics being like, well, you know, I don't see them, you know, having our backs when, you know, when we're protesting and everything. And I did make an I actually said this to my girl's family and I said, you know, I said it's really hard for us to be a part of be a part of the community when half the time we don't understand what's going on, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, dude, I mean, cause even when I'm around my girl's family, bro, conversation, I'm stand, I'm just sitting there like, yeah, I don't, I don't know, what that you know what I'm saying? I'm like, so if y'all arguing right now, I couldn't even tell you, like I wouldn't, yeah. you know what I mean? I, there's not, there's no way for me to be involved. So it's like, but for us, well, everybody can understand what's going on. So when we rise up, then everyone's going to hear it. You know what I mean? Mm. I'm like, but other communities, I'm like, dude, we just don't know what is like. A lot of us don't know what's happening. Yeah. You know, I'm going to I'm going to say something. I, I get what you're saying, though. Yeah. I'll be real. I when when we were protesting, I saw a few black people come out and protest with me. I mean, I don't know because I had black friends, but I I had I've seen and I, I talked to and then I, I'll get why. I'm going to speak from hispanics because i hear it in in conversations i'm at i get where where they're like they don't want to protest and not necessarily they don't want to protest or they don't want to they feel i'm not gonna say they all feel like this yeah some feel like they're like yo we get treated even bad like we get treated pretty bad pretty fucking bad like i don't know if you ever seen an immigration detention center i'm not i haven't seen about horrible in the desert just like fucking little kids getting separated from their families all this and that the uh, we're like real life slaves right now we're like the way we get treated as far as mm-hmm. and all that and they're like 
no one gives a fuck about us. That's how, I'm I'm speaking. Yeah, no, no. You know I what I'm saying? It, yeah. Like, and they're like, and and the, and we're not saying anything, but nobody's giving a fuck about us, and that's how they're kind of like that. Yeah. But like you said, that's a lack of education. You got to go over there and talk to one of your black friends and find out. Yo, that was a great tip. Yeah. Find out and same same if something else happened to like a, a, a some sort of Latin folk and you and you're black and you don't know let me hit up my fucking mexican homie yeah. and see how he feels about this people have to stop Just taking start. this so personally yeah people have to stop taking everyone when when black people rise up and this is always this is always this always happens i don't understand why it is when the black community finally decides to rise up and protest everybody gets offended you mm. know what i mean like we catch it from all angles it's like and i've never got that because you will hear when the Muslim ban happened, people, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I think the only people that I really seen tripping were majority of like majority of like white, like like white community. You know what I mean? They like, of course, you've seen those where they're like, you know, go back to where you came from. You know what I mean? That type of situation. Hispanic community, same thing. But then when the black community rises up, bro, we get like Asians don't like us. Hispanics don't <laughs> like us. Like, I'm like, it, and it, it'll be everybody that'll be coming. I'm like, what is going on? But it's, yeah. And it's because, like you said, so it's like what they're looking at, they're looking at, hey, well, look at us. We're not getting treated fairly either. Yeah. Here's an example. If we, let's say we were foster kids, right? And I've been living in this foster home for years and I used to, from the time I was, from the time I, I, I was four, when I first moved in, dude, I used to get beat, like, daily, right? Treated like crap. I was the only kid. And then all of a sudden, one day, you move in. You move in five years, five years later, right? And I'm a little bit older, so it's harder to beat me as much as you used to, you know what I'm saying? But then you come in, you're young, and now all of a sudden, you're getting beat. And... You see me one day, I'm 15 years old, and I get pissed off about something that, the, that our foster mom did. And I all of a sudden, I'm like, you know what, man? I'm tired of you treating me like this, and you've been treating me like this. And I'm like, and I'm sick of it. And it's like, and you're sitting there like, all she did was tell you that you, have, that you can't, you know what I'm saying? You have to be home by six. Are you serious? Bro, I'm over here getting beat every day, and you tripping because you got to be home by six? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you know what? What you didn't see is you didn't see all the things that happened before you got here. Yeah. And see, and I think that's, that's what a good way to explain it. Bro. That's what people are are forgetting is, yeah, you guys are being treated unfairly. You know what I mean? Yeah, all minority groups are being treated unfairly to a certain extent. But y'all got here after we did, and mm. it's like, and then people want to say, well, you weren't, you know, you weren't there when you were um, during slavery. You weren't there during, you know, like, uh, you know, when like MLK was like. People look at me. I actually had someone like, man, you're a kid. You don't know nothing. Which I'm not a kid. But guess what? I was raised by the people who did see that stuff. I was raised by those folks. Mm -hmm. The first, the first uh, school or the first um, little, I guess the first black girl that, um, I, or the first black student that ever went into, um, went into a, like pretty much all white school. So when they got rid of segregation, I'm, I believe she's like 53 now. So less than 60 years ago, you couldn't go to school with, you couldn't go to school together. Mm -hmm. So the people that were, the people that were you know, uh, a part of the whole, like during the whole civil rights movement, the folks who were, you know what I mean, um, on the opposite side of equal rights, bro, they're still walking around today. They're still here. And that, and, and the other thing too, and this is why I say I would encourage people to, to stop being so upset and resistant towards what, what the black community is saying. And, I, and I'm gonna say this because if you look at every black movement, 
it's never only included blacks. The Black Panthers is probably my favorite because mm-hmm. the Black Panthers started, I believe they started like the first Rainbow Coalition. They work with Dominicans, or I think it was Dominicans or Puerto Ricans, Asians, and whites. So they have the Black Panthers, but they worked with these other groups of, of minorities. And when I and the whites were minorities because they were the poor whites. We have to understand the fight is not, it's not, a, everyone wants to start, like everyone's, the race thing. it's like a race thing. Dude, I'm not, I'm, listen, I'm not mad at the white dude who makes the same amount of money as me. I'm not mad at the Hispanic dude who makes the same, I'm not mad at the Hispanic dude who makes more money than me. It's not about that. It's about the system that has pretty much kept my gener- the generations before me who have put them, who have basically kept them at like, who've given them nothing. Because unfortunately, that's where I come from. And I felt that throughout my entire life. You know what I mean? Like, I felt it. I've been, like, I told, I told somebody this, and I'm like, and excuse me, I've been trying not to say this word, but bro, I got called a nigga less than 10 years ago. So people can't tell me that this stuff doesn't exist still. And I was minding my own business. So it's like, how are you going to tell, how are you going to act like this stuff doesn't exist? How are you going to act like, oh, well, you got opportunities and all that? Yeah, guess what? That doesn't stop somebody from calling me the N-word. I've, I've, I've felt it personally. So it's like, so that's why I say, so people have to, people have to, our fight is not against them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they just certain individuals. The reason why you might get your head bitten off is because you decided to enter a fight that ain't got nothing to do with you. Yeah. You decided to take this thing personally. And it's like, so if you step in, just look, if you step in the ring and and the fight's not your fight. Well, you know what? Unfortunately, I got I'm like you're gonna get hit also, because you're you're stepping into something that you know nothing about, and that's that's the problem. And the reason you don't know anything about it is because you haven't had to. I know Black history or the things that have been done to us because I had to. That's mm-hmm. how. That's what we're taught growing up. My parents made sure I understood how things were gonna be for me growing up. My mom, I, there's one, there's one thing that I will never forget, man. My mom picked me up from my, uh, from my friend's house and I, I mean, dude, she was scared and I could not figure out why she said, you need to come home now. And I was like, well, what the heck? And I rode my bike. My friend lived on the street behind me. So there was like, I'm like, why are y'all picking me up? Why don't you just call me? I can just come home. She came to pick me up. She said, we'll get your bike later. Go home. And I was like, what's going on? She's like, the cops are driving around and they're looking for somebody. And I was like, okay. They're like, he looked just like you. So I'm over here young and I was like, okay, you know, that sucks. But I still, I didn't understand. I'm like, okay, but it's not me. You know what I mean? I'm like, so if they did stop and they're like, hey, you know, so-and-so and everything like that, all I got to do is tell them and, you know what I'm saying, show them my idea or whatever, show them I'm not the person. That's how naive I was. Now, older, I realize, you know what? It doesn't matter if it was me or not because depending on who got to stop me, Unfortunately, I probably could have been locked up for something I didn't do. Yeah. There's a lot of fucking minorities that get caught up with that shit. Dude, look up Especially, uh Khalif. Yeah. Is, I think it's Khalif Browder. Yeah. The documentary on him. He's, There's a bunch. Bro, but his is intense. He spent three years in solitary confinement for a crime he didn't commit. But the reason he was there is because of the fact that he wouldn't plead guilty. So this is part of the system. I need, I, for those that don't know this, if... If you want to actually take if you want like so basically the way that what they told him is if you take this to trial and you lose, I think he was going to face up to like 30 years. Doesn't matter if he did or not. If you lose, you're going to face up to 30 years or you can just go ahead and plead guilty and they're going to let him out now. But you're a felon for the rest of your life. 
So everyone wants to, and that's why you, when you look at when you look at someone's record and everything, you know, when they bring up people's record and everything, like all the oh so and so, yeah, he got killed by police and he was unarmed, but you know, look what he did. He has a record for this, record for this, record for this. You don't know if that person was stopped and caught for something he didn't do and didn't want to face thirty years because it's not like he can afford a good lawyer. Khalif Browder decided that he's like I'm not I'm not pleading guilty to something I didn't do. So he had to spend three years in prison. Two of those were in solitary confinement. And then ultimately, and the reason, and then he, and the reason he was there is because he couldn't afford bail, so they kept him in there until they can get him a trial. And his yeah. trial kept getting pushed back. He finally got out, sued, got a whole bunch of money. Dude, he went on Oprah, everything else. You know where he's at now? He's dead. He committed suicide. What? And the reason he committed suicide is because the trauma that he faced inside of prison was so devastating. And the time in solitary confinement, it messed him up so bad. Dude, he had been beat by a guard, got caught on camera, and he had been jumped by a bunch of other inmates. And it's like, and he was so screwed up that even after winning his settlement, winning money, dude, people were giving him opportunity, going on Oprah, all this stuff, he still ended up killing himself. Damn. So that's why I say, dude, it's like the issues, man, this, this, this would be like probably two more podcast episodes worth. Bro, the issues that a lot of folks, a lot of people that and some that I know personally that we have actually faced, it's so messed up. And I, and I just like I know we're not the only ones, but it's been done to us for so long that it's just nice that we're not in it by ourselves. So what I would like to see more of is I would like to see more people who do understand what that feels like to join the fight. Who cares that it says Black Lives Matter on the hashtag? Forget where the money's going. I'm not the, the money is not the issue. The issue is the message. And if you don't want to necessarily donate your money to Black Lives Matter, then figure out how you can help one of these black schools that need resources. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't have to be black to help the black community. And when you help the black community, you have to realize not only blacks live in the black community. That's why I say all black movements have never only existed for black people. Never. Every black movement, if you truly look at every movement before this, all black movements have always included other people that were oppressed. Yeah. But the only time people have a problem with it is because they don't want to look into it. If it was only for blacks, ask yourself, why is it that why is it that we're letting other people protest with us if it's only about blacks? Why? Ask yourself, if you're not there, why is someone that looks like you there and you're not? You know what I mean? Like, not unless you're like me and you where you don't like protests. But when I see Hispanics saying like, oh, what have they ever done for us and everything like that? Ask yourself, well, why are some of your brothers out there and, and you're not? Mm. Did you you know what I'm saying? So don't even call your black friend. Ask your ask your Hispanic friend. Hey, why'd you go out there? If you're white and you don't want to be out there, or you think it's stupid. Then ask your white friend why they went. Yeah. And they'll tell you it's probably because they understand a whole lot more than you do. So it's like so, again, if we if people spend more time trying to understand what they don't what they don't understand or disagree with, we'd be in a lot better place. Yep. All right. What's your favorite restaurant in sack, bro? Um, dang, bro. I don't even know if I have one because I, I literally love food. That you, uh, uh, All right. You're going to go out to dinner Friday night. Where are you taking your wife and kids? Sad because that means anywhere. We need to go Rose, out. Rose, Rose, <laughs> just pick one, one, pick one. Give me one. Give I'm me trying one. to think. All right, all right, all right, man. Dude, we eat so much fast food, it's crazy. Um, if I had to pick a place, I'd probably uh, you know, uh, Land Ocean actually was pretty good. Land Ocean, took, yeah, but I, was, I don't know if I take my kids there. This place is expensive. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's in Roseville, it's off or uh, Folsom, it's off uh, East Bidwell. Well, I don't it's think I've been there. It's pretty good. I went there for my birthday one time. Oh, uh, it is? Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, other, 
other than that i do want to try i haven't tried it yet so actually i take that back if i could i will take them to uh fixins it's a oh, soul, i've been there soul food oh yeah Park, fire that's where i went Is friday that's, all right that's kevin yeah, johnson's that's, that's kevin johnson's spot that's where i want to go fire all right well good to know then fire bro <laughs> i went friday i just went delicious bro the chicken was bomb. They have Kool-Aid. You can buy Kool-Aid. My sister went, and I seen it. I was like, y'all got to check this place you, out. Yeah, you can pick Kool-Aid. They got Kool-Aid. Uh, the mac and cheese was fire. Kevin Johnson was there, actually. I happened oh, that was with, dope. I, I happened, and he was hella cool. Say, what's up? It was cool, man. Fucking bomb. Yeah. Um, how can people keep in touch with you? Um, right now, uh, just through uh, Instagram, which is paint in full. Um, that's it. Just yeah, P-A-I-N-T. I N F U L L. Um, I also have a website, which is paintingful.com. Um, you know, I have like merch and stuff on there. Um, all sales from the website. The nice thing is part of that money actually goes towards purchasing art supplies for the kids. Um, so, you know, I only got a couple things up there right now, but, uh, yeah, so everything I'm doing is pretty much, I'm trying to give back any way I can, but, um, cool. so yeah, Instagram and, and my website. Done deal. All right, man. Well, I think we summed it all up. Thank you so much for coming on, bro, and for sharing everything with me. Hey, of course, man. I and feel like I feel like anybody that sat through this whole thing needs to be like we need to do a giveaway or something. Yeah, <laughs> like no. this is a lot. It's a lot of information. It was. It was probably like an hour and a half, maybe two hours long. <laughs> man. Two hours. Yeah, it was a lot, right, bro. But yeah, uh, thank you guys. We out.